Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. And today we're here with Jim Huffman, the CEO and founder of Growth Hit which is an amazing agency that helps people from the top to the bottom of their funnel and helping them to scale. So the, the best part about this interview and the part that I'm excited about is that Jim has actually scaled two companies past $10 million in sales. I mean, it's pretty difficult to do that one time, but doing it twice has proof, proof of concept. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. So Jim, I'm excited to have you here, man. Say what's up to everybody and we'll hop in. Yeah, Josh, thanks for having me, man. Excited to be here going to be great. So Jim, I know we talked about this in the pre-interview, but I'd like to kind of pre-frame this interview with a question um, and put you kind of in the shoes of, of our ideal listener, right? The people who are listening to this are saying, okay, I'm stuck at seven figures. I don't really know what to do. I should, should I scale or should I start a new company? And I want to put you in their shoes and say, okay, if you only had like $50,000 left from that million you made, and you had to start over again in the B2C space, selling to customers, how would you build your business and what would you build? Gotcha. So the B2C space, not the B2B space? Yeah. All right. Um, that's interesting. So if I'm in the B2C space and we're talking about speed and we have to go real quick, first, I would give myself a week to do to do a validation experiment of like, where are there consumers that have a specific pain point? So let's actually try and solve a product problem, right? Let's make a painkiller, not a vitamin. I would do that through using Google keyword planner, see what phrases people are searching for. I'd be going to Facebook groups, to Reddit communities, and just start mining for problems out there. And let's say we find a problem around, I don't know, and by the way, I think the more specific, the better. Let's not try and win the masses. Let's try and win a very, very small niche. So let's go for like acne skincare for people of a certain race or demographic and say that that's, that's it. The next thing I would do is, because again, time's of the essence, the fastest thing you can do is not like build, like build a product, build a website, do all that stuff. I literally start a community or I'd start some sort of newsletter content source on one end to build it up. On the back end, I would, let's go dropship model. Let's go with white labeling a product because if we start doing R&D and product development, that's gonna take forever. So let's find something. Let's then do more of like a branding play where it solves a problem. Let's make it specific for them. So we've got that we're building the community on one end, we're getting the product. The third thing I would do is we need to engineer a funnel that's ideal for them where we can actually get a conversion. I would actually probably do like a quiz funnel. I'd probably plug in type form into Shopify and I would make it three to five questions, make it all benefit focus around the problem we're solving. And then at the very end, I'm serving up the product that's tailored for them. And you're like a one product Shopify site. Um, because we want to have a strong LTV lifetime value, I would even go for a subscription model where I'd even use that money just to do free trials. So the best marketing hack out there is giving stuff away for free, assuming you can monetize it on the back end. Like looking at like the subscription models, you need to be a Harry's or a Curology where they're giving products away for free, but then you can monetize it. So that's where I'd be pumping the money into, assuming we can keep them retained with the community engagement, the retention strategy with email marketing. 
um, and it's a, a fairly quality product. So that would be like gun to my head. I had to stand up a B2C model. I'd, I'd go into the niches. I'd go community-based marketing um, and launch on the back of a flagship product that's solving a problem that you validated through uh, mining data and uh, through communities and uh, Google Keyword Planner. See, and, and I love that because the strategy you're talking about, it sounds like this huge, really hard thing, but you're basically saying, do the market research, find out what they want and present it to them in a sexy way. Hey, that's, 100%. am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, so many times we're not, you know, we're talking at people, we're not speaking with them, but if you truly know the problem they have, writing the landing page copy, um, developing a product, um, it's so much easier when you start with the, the person or community first. Yeah, 100%. And, and you know, so you guys over at Growth Hit, you know, you've, you've experienced both B2B and B2C. And, you know, starting up an agency model, how, how does that differ? I mean, is it very similar? Or did you find that it was very different as far as finding the yeah. doing the customer research and everything? I'd say the agency, like B2B is almost easier if you're doing a, a service type of business. Cause like you and I could go on LinkedIn and be like, Hey, we've got a zoom agency and boom, we have an agency. And I bet like, even with our networks, not that I have a big network, we probably close a client. It's probably the easiest business to stand up, which means you can have a lot of competition, but the more you can not be a generalist, but the more you're able to know exactly who you're serving, the exact product offering you're giving that's where you can become a specialist that's when you can raise your your rate so for me um i i was doing it all i had no agency experience until i started this one i was lucky in that i stumbled into having a niche that it was um i was working with a few different startups i was um, working with a couple of venture capital firms uh and their founders that needed help with growth so I started off where the specialty was in the, uh, the phase of life cycle companies that where you have a cool idea, you have some traction, you're on the cusp of product market fit and trying to go to that next level. We launched on working in that sweet spot, which is good and bad. Cause if you can find a, a home run right before they're about to take that swing, you look like a genius from a marketing perspective. Cause you're just kind of putting in some of the, what I think are common things they should do. And then you actually get all this credit for them honestly having an amazing product or service. Cause we could do some of the similar things to someone that didn't really have product market fit and, and it, it would flop. And so that's where we launched was in that phase um, where we've kind of gone to, we still do that phase, honestly, when it's something we're super excited about, but also like we call that the validate phase. And then at the growth phase, we're like, Hey, we're making money. We're profitable. How do we go to the next level? That, that's also where we play because that, that's pretty fun. Um, and that's where usually companies have bigger budgets. So we can do um, some fun things like get our developers and designers involved and spend more money on acquisition. Yeah. And that, that's such a funny model that you bring up too. And what's funny is, as you're saying, like, that's the reason why our agency has done so well as well, because it's really easy to get case studies and success when they're already, the companies you're working for have this huge trajectory already, you're hopping in, like you said, right before they, they swing, helping enhance the process, of course, but then their results become your results. So I, I love that. Yeah. And so you would say it would be even easier to start an agency than, uh, than like a Amazon shop, for example. 
Um, I think so, because you probably don't even need a, a website to start an agency. And um, I mean, whether it's we call ourselves a consultant or an agency, you, you can do that quite quickly. The, the big issue is a game of pricing and scaling, right? Because where you run into issues as an agency is when you start doing a lot of one-off custom work, because that requires deep thinking and kind of, you know, rebuilding, reinventing the wheel every time. But when you can have a fixed scope or like, okay, we just do Facebook ads. We just do, you know, on-site experiments. We, we just do email marketing. Uh, then you're able to create skill sets that are repeatable to different clients. And it allows you to develop really deep knowledge in something. And so, you know, at the end of the game as a business owner, you're looking for leverage to scale something. And leverage can come in the form of, people um, it can come in the form of money or it can come in the form of like a SaaS product with with technology so in the agency game it's definitely people so it's you know can you create people or like SOWs so people can replace you and do the work that you are doing um, th that's where you you can really start to grow it but so many and I, I ran into that issue of I was doing everything out of the gate and it was so hard to fire myself. And just in the past year and a half, have I been able to do that? And it, it wasn't easy. It was very painful, but uh, we were, we're on the other side of that. Finally. <laughs> it's very, very hard to hand off to you, to somebody else and, and just trust that they're going to do it. I think mm -hmm. <laughs> that's my big problem. When we automate any piece, it's just, you know, you're like, oh, please, please do your best. <laughs> yeah. I trust you, but do your best to, to provide a result for us. I, I love that. So, you know, Jim, when it comes to, um, you know, building a B2B business and, and finding clients and everything, what have you found to be kind of your, your best strategy for attracting clients in the B2B space? Yeah. Uh, hands down, like, let's say I was even starting today or, like what I would do, the first thing you need to do is before you even get introduced to a potential lead prospect or client, you need to make sure one of those first impressions is you as a thought leader. Cause you like, we've definitely gotten clients from, you know, advertisements, we've gotten clients um, from partnerships, but if their first impression is of you, like they're trying to solve a problem, they have a need and you offer them value through the form of maybe a presentation you did, a video you did, or a blog post you wrote, that is the best introduction. And so that, that is what we do is like, before we talk to someone, if they didn't come through a piece of content, we will actually send them a video of us talking, doing a talk, or give them something that we've written. That way, before they talk to us, they're already viewing us as thought leaders in the space. Because the more you can do that is them looking at you as a decision maker and an order taker, the better it's going to be to get by and eventually get them as a client. Because when you're going at it at a, from a competitive perspective, you're competing with all these other agencies and it's a pricing game, then it's a little bit tougher to rent when deals um, on a repeatable way. But if they're coming to you because of your frameworks, because of, you know, your approach to a certain problem, that's the camp you want to be in. So absolutely invest in whatever content marketing that is. If it's a YouTube channel, if it's having a meetup channel or a meetup community and doing that, a Facebook group, or maybe you do an email newsletter, um, whatever is your weapon of choice when it comes to some content marketing, 
um, I, I would absolutely invest in that. Yeah. And, and I love that because I mean, the content marketing is one that uh, it's kind of that long-term play. So people are like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to do it. But we've even been seeing with some of the clients we've worked with when they'll put one or two great pieces of content out. I mean, the results are immediate. You know, they're saying four to eight appointments per piece of content. Like that's, that's where I think you've kind of proven that, Hey, I'm a thought leader. I'm willing to, to step into, step into the role of a thought leader, I guess. Yeah. So Okay. Well, and I would say, like, I totally agree. You made up a, a good, you made a good point that content marketing is exhausting. It's like, oh wait, I have to like go write a blog post and record a video in addition to actually running this company. So what I would challenge someone to do is like ask yourself a question: What is the byproduct of your day-to-day job of you getting results for a client or whatever? Because there's content in that, like showing your work is the best type of content that not a lot of people are doing. And it's a very low lift. Like I do an email newsletter where I literally just send out five things I've read that week. Cause I'm already reading it. I was like, let me repurpose this as a newsletter. And it's a very easy lift, but that's my byproduct to make content marketing. And that's actually been like one of our best uh, ways to acquire customers. So I would kind of, uh, I totally agree. Content marketing is annoying and daunting. So what's your byproduct and how can you make that your content marketing strategy? Yeah. I love that because I mean, you're talking about, I can't remember where it was that I heard this, but it's selling your sawdust, right? It's, it's saying, Hey, I'm already building furniture. I might as well sell the sawdust. Right. And that's exactly right. Yeah. I love it. You're like, I'm, I'm reading books already. I might as well do it. Like I'm, I am an avid consumer of podcasts as well as an avid producer of podcasts. And I mean, for me, you just gave me the idea. I'm actually going to do that in our newsletters because I've been getting kind of burned out on content. <laughs> I'm making yeah. so much content. I don't know what to put in here anymore. <laughs> I love that. Really, really. I cool. mean, I would love an email newsletter where someone's like, hey, Jim, you're into like startups and business entrepreneurship. Here's the top five podcast episodes to listen to every week. I'm waiting for someone to make the best email newsletter of that. It probably exists. And I just don't know about it, but there you go. If you did that, I'd, I'd sign up. You got one subscriber. Got one subscriber. Hey, and you're the only one. I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's, that's spectacular. Now my brain's going on it. You're going to distract me from the conversation here. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Jim, when, when it comes to, um, you know, building content, I think a lot of people, like you said, it's, it's a daunting task, but where have you found, I guess, inspiration and, and the best places to actually build content? Because I mean, you can put a lot of video content out there, right? There's people who will post a video every single day and it won't get any traction and, and podcasts. We are notorious for this, right? Because we, we make a post every single day about a podcast. We post an episode, we post a follow-up or something and it, they don't get a lot of traction, right? It's, so what, what makes the good content or the great content? Yeah, man, that's a good one. I think, well, first it's like, you know, what is your programming type and is it something that's unique, right? Cause if you go to, we'll go back to the nineties of television. If you go to MTV, you're going to see music videos. If you go to ESPN, you're going to see highlights. If you go to the history channel, you're going to see documentaries. The thing that's nice is you know what you're tuning into. So you need to be very intentional in like, what is my form of programming? Am I showing my work? And it's like, here's behind the scenes and how I do stuff. Am I showing the best case studies? Do I have the best interviews? Do I have like the best tactics? So first, like, 
what is your programming and is it enough to actually stand out and get shares to get engagement? So have a really like, and be critical on what you're doing, but also test things. Cause I, I test all different types of content and I've learned that when I actually pull back the curtain and I show exactly what we're doing as an agency and I even give numbers and personal updates that outperforms tactics and case studies 10 X. And so that's the first thing, like what's the type of programming? The second thing is, who are you trying to speak to and what channels are they on and how can you reach them, right? So we've also been doing some experiments like with us, we're going after CMOs, founders, entrepreneurs, you know, so we're playing around with Twitter, with LinkedIn, a little bit of podcast, um, like Facebook, Instagram and that stuff. And um, what we found is like different channels perform at different levels and actually LinkedIn's been one of the best things for us. Um, I really want Twitter to work and it's been okay, but like, and when I say LinkedIn, not paid, but organic. And so it's like building up our network and actually having real conversations instead of just like doing a post like, Oh, here's a new blog post. It's like figuring out a type of programming and then like going all out on there. But also here's the thing. And like, yeah, you probably know this really well, like content marketing, half of it is making the content. The other half is actually distributing it and creating engagement. Like after we post something, we're tagging people. I'm asking people in Slack communities to like, to engage, to comment. Um, and that's, that's half the battle. And so I almost want to position, like we're, we're looking to get someone that just does community engagement um, just to kind of drive it home and push it out there. So for, for me, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking through. And I actually, um, David Gerhardt, who's the CMO of Drift, um, he thinks of it as, you know, it's reality TV for businesses where you're showing behind the scenes on what you're doing and just always like posting that content. But he, he does a fantastic job of that. But um, th th that's kind of how I think through it. Yeah, and I, I love that because hey, you even told me you're not a content specialist, but that was spot on. <laughs> so, you know, you guys really, um, you guys focus really heavily on your, on, on ads and on the funnel side of things. So I, I want to kind of change directions with the conversation a little bit to ask you kind of like your process that you do and maybe some action steps for the people here to, to either check their campaigns or check their funnel to assure that it's, it's working. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, so let's start with the end goal in mind. So what is your goal? If you're a B2B company, maybe on your website, it's getting them on a sales call. It's getting them to book that sales call, or maybe you're getting them to go to the pricing page and check out whatever that is. So it's like, okay, what, are, what is our main goal? The thing that I think we, we, we mistake sometimes is we try and go for the jugular a little too quick. You know, you're asking for the, their hand in marriage on the state. And so it's like, okay, what's the end goal? What are the potential steps to get to that? And so here's the thing you need to look at. It's like, take your top customers, take your top clients, the ones that converted, what's something that happened earlier in the journey or the funnel where it kind of clicked. They're like, I like these guys. I like this girl. I think I'm going to convert whatever that is. And so how can you optimize for that earlier in the journey? You know, like, so with us, it's, we actually have some specific pieces of content that if we can get in front of them, we'll get their attention. And if they have the budget, we feel very confident that if they see that content and then we can talk through it on a call, it's gonna, our conversion rate goes up significantly. So it's optimizing to get them to that piece of content. Um, the other thing is like the, the best marketing hack is quite easy. 
it is if you give stuff away from free, your conversion rate is going to be insane. So what is that free thing you can do? Like if you're a B2C company, if you're a CPG company, there's a reason why all these brands do free trials and free products or, um, or free samples. It's because you got to get it to them. And if there's a high repeat purchase and your product is, is any good, it's going to work well. So what is that for B2B um, or for SaaS? So if you have an actual product, like a, a SaaS product, um, AppQs did this study that, you know, when you do a free trial, that is your best acquisition strategy because 30% of people that get the free trial, um, only 30% even know what the product is. There's 70% that still don't know what they've gotten into, but they saw that it was free and they jumped in. So what is that for a consulting business? Like if I was starting today, I would do free work. My, like how I got my first five clients, I did free work and I made sure that it was so good that if I went away, like, oh, wait, wait, stay, we'll pay you for it. So we'll do free audits, we'll do free strategy calls. Um, and so that's something I would think through. So if, if that's your secret sauce, don't optimize your funnel for going for the jugular, optimize your funnel for getting them to that irresistible offer that involves doing something free or giving them um, access to something. Um, Cause we have a site called Funnel Teardowns where we break that down and taking a step back, it really pains me cause I see so many cool products and ideas out there that I think people would love but the funnel hasn't been designed the right way to get them into that experience. They haven't created that irresistible offer to get people to activate right now because everybody's busy. They're like, oh, that's a cool product, but I don't have time. Um, if, if you have an amazing offer, you're going to make time and you can convert right there on the spot. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's such an awesome um, insight there. I mean, being, giving away free things. I know for us, we've done, the way we've grown our email list has been giving away free things, right? You do a giveaway with four or five other businesses, you know, and each of you promotes it to your email list, your email lists grow together, right? There's, there's a lot of really big value in, in giving that away for free. And like you said, I mean, the content, it just, it increases. So let me ask you this though. At what point would you stop giving away free services or would you yeah, recommend so doing that every single time you get a new client? Yeah, like we, I did it just to like validate and to like build up my book of business. And then once it's like, okay, let's get into the profitability game. That's when it kind of flips over. And I, I would do it two ways. One is you could still give away free services, but you want to put a filtering mechanism in place to make sure you weed out um, the, the right or wrong clients. Like, so for example, we will still do free audits and strategy calls. However, it's on the back end of our ABM, our account-based marketing strategy where we have to make sure a website has a certain amount of funding, a certain amount in traffic, um, and then we'll be willing to do for it. Cause then we know if we invest our time in it, the ROI will, will definitely be there. Um, so it, it's almost like you don't necessarily have to stop doing it, but you need to create a better filtering process to do it. Or you could build up a wait list where you remove it completely. Um, so it, it totally depends on have you built up that book of business to get you to the, financial point that you want, then you can make that business decision to, to pull, pull it off. Yeah. I love that. Love that response. Well, Jim, you know, we're coming to the end of the interview here and I'd like to ask you a couple final questions here. So the first one is how can people connect with you and what you guys are doing over at growth hit? Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm just uh, Jim at growth hit.com. Uh, come check us out. Anyone that's, wanting to do like growth experiments on their site or ads or email we're around. And I'm also on Twitter, Jim W. Huffman. Uh, I, I post about some business stuff and the occasional baby photo. So I'm, I'm around. 
Awesome. So make sure you guys go check that out. I mean, growthhit.com is really where it seems like everything you have is on there um, or, or email them at jim at, growth, at growthhit.com. So um, Jim, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing that. So I want to ask you one final question. So, you know, we've covered a lot of different topics in this interview. And my question for you is, if you could leave one final parting piece of guidance for the audience saying, Hey, like if this is the one thing you could take away from this interview, what would that be? Yeah, I, I think it's have a bias towards action and whatever you're doing. Cause I don't know, I'm, I'm guilty of like sitting behind a computer and like thinking of ideas, putting it in Evernote and like thinking I'm productive, but honestly, like no one's seeing that. So when I say have a bias towards action, like, put something out there, show your work, whether it's like a simple tweet or an email or an experiment, um, those little wins and that habit of bias towards action, they can compound and have a, a, a big impact. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan Podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows, and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.